Welcome to Body Sculpt of New York Six Weeks to Fitness Podcast, where we hope to inform, motivate, encourage, and inspire you towards living a healthier lifestyle. And now, here's your host, the president of Body Sculpt of New York, Vince Ferguson. Hi, I'm Vince Ferguson. Welcome to Six Weeks to Fitness, episode 131. Thank you so much for tuning in. Candace W. Jones is a board-certified physician practicing as a general pediatrician in the Pine Hills community of Orlando, Florida. She provides a standard of care that enriches the lives of thousands of kids and parents each year. Dr. Candace is committed to the health and well-being of underserved children and adolescents in areas that are affected the greatest by health inequalities. She earned her medical doctorate at the Morehouse School of Medicine in Atlanta, Georgia. She is a spokesperson for the American Academy of Pediatrics and a member of its Council on Communications and Media. She supports various charitable organizations and children's health initiatives and is the recipient of numerous awards, including the 2018 Health Empowerment Award and the Public Health Hero Award by the Department of Health Orange County. And I am very excited to have Dr. Candice Jones on my Six Weeks to Fitness podcast. Candice, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? Thanks I'm for good. having me. <laughs> hey, how is the weather in, in Florida right now? Oh, sunny and hot. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm jealous. <laughs> yes, we. I love it. I know. I love it, too. I just don't have enough of it. <laughs> here in New York, you know? <laughs> Before we dive into your career as a pediatrician and a mom, let's talk a little bit about you, okay? Yes. Perfect. Now, where did you grow up and what was your childhood like? So I grew up in a small town called Demopolis, Alabama. Alabama. Ooh. So you can hear through this interview, you will definitely hear my accent. Uh, I don't try to hide it at all, <laughs> but people will go, where are you from? <laughs> so anyway, Demopolis, Alabama, and you know what? A very small, what people would call a quote unquote country town, just a couple of lights in the downtown area. Uh, what I love about that and those roots are um, that you know I had a village. Truly the sense of the word of village, you know, my, um, you know, I lived in the home with my mom and my mom uh, divorced and then newly married. And my dad literally was about three or four blocks around the street. And then his mother, my, my paternal grandmother was around the other way, a couple of blocks and my mom's parents and grandparents right down the hill, one block away. So I had both sets of grandparents within walking distance, my father, my stepdad, my mother, my three sisters. So it was truly a village and all kinds of cousins and aunties and everybody. So we grew up around family and wonderful neighbors that supported each other, the true sense of the word, where if you got out of line, they could get you and then bring you home and tell your mom and you get it again, that yes. type of situation. <laughs> yes. So it's wonderful. Now, around the time that I was 11, uh, my stepdad was a minister and he accepted a, a calling to a church up in North Alabama. So we moved three hours away. That was probably the worst time in my life, really? having to leave my grandparents and my dad. 
um, and moved to a very unfamiliar place where there was family. So, you know, in, in childhood, we definitely have some adversity. Children definitely go through some um, adversity. And that was a really tough time in my life to have to move away from my safety net, uh, my major support. But we did OK. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. 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 Now, but I know that you chose the medical profession, you know, but where did that interest come from? Yeah. So my mom was, um, even though she had my oldest sister young in high school, her and my dad were high school sweethearts. Um, and at some point they divorced and she had, uh, two, two kids as a single mom raising them. Things were tough. We still had that network, that village, like I said, to support us and nurture us and help her out. And so she had what she needed to excel and overcome those challenges. And so education was very important in our family. And so she went right away out of high school to college, became a nurse. And so she worked at a local hospital and I would see her come home and she worked in the obstetrics unit. And so I would see her come home and, you know, not to be too gory, but, you know, with dirty clothes. I'm like, what is that on your clothes? And what do you do? I was the child that was interested in what she did, what her career was. And she always told me about medicine and deliver help doctor to deliver the babies. So I would ask to go to the hospital and then I would talk to the doctors and the nurses and see the babies. I was just naturally interested. And so at some point, instead of saying, you know, I want to be a nurse, I'm going to be like that guy. I want to deliver the babies. And so I immediately declared by the time I was five years old that I wanted to be a doctor. And everybody in my family still tells me, I remember you like four or five years old saying you're going to be a doctor and you did it. Wow. That initiation was from my mom being self-determined and, and, and going into the medical field. How important are role models to children? Very important. I mean, probably one of one of the most important aspects of being a parent or an adult that deals with children, whether you're a teacher, a coach, or auntie or something, is that you're modeling appropriate behavior. You're teaching them all the things they need to know, how to care for themselves, build independence, themselves learn self-control, and do the right things to get along in this society. And most of that, they get by watching you or you directly teaching them through modeling. And so... Children, you know, we often say, do what I say and not as I do, but that has been proven time and time again not to be a, a real thing. You're fooling yourself. They're going to do what you do. They're going to say what you say. They're going to believe what you believe. And so modeling is huge in the life of a child um, in helping them to be the person that they're going to be. Oh, most definitely. And look what you turned out to be. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. Now, being a pediatrician, I know you run across a lot of situations in your field. And one of the main situations, one of the main things that's going on right now is the obesity epidemic in children. In your opinion, doctor, what, what is the main cause or what are the major causes of childhood obesity today? And you're right about that. The childhood obesity situation is a definitely an epidemic. And um, over the last 30 years, we have seen this this worsening trend of obesity in children. It, it And it disproportionately affects minority populations, uh, African-American children, Hispanic children. And as you said, there, it, it's 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 it has more layers to it, not even enough time for us to hit everything. Right. Um, but what we would say is we can break it down in categories of um, 
diet, exercise, and then there's also marketing, targeting, and then there's also uh, behaviors like habits and things contribute. And and so when we talk about diet and exercise, we know that what you what goes in contributes mm-hmm. to uh, you gaining weight, and what you burn off contributes to you can can it can be a factor in if you lose or not. And so if you take a lot in or the wrong thing in and you don't burn anything off through movement and exercise, then if that's an uh, imbalance there and you're going to store and gain more weight. And obesity itself is just um, excess body fat. OK, and so those are things that contribute to children. The behaviors that contribute to this is, you know, families don't cook as much as they used to. Kids are consuming higher levels of processed, fatty, salty, sugary foods. We're a, a age of convenience. Get the quickest thing. Um, hurry up and eat and go on, you know, not sitting down at the table, preparing meals together, cooking real whole foods. So all that contributes to hmm. obesity. Yes. Kids are watching screens, playing video games, in phones, on the computers, just sitting in the house. Um, and so they're not as active as they used to be. So the screen time is contributing. Um, the fact that some kids in their communities aren't safe to be out playing like they used to. We used to play and streetlights came home and then we had to come home. But now there's days there are all types of situations yeah. that parents have to worry about their kids being safe. So they keep them in the house. And we haven't find, found clever ways to combat that to keep them active within the house. So they just sit and kind of stay sedentary. So those are factors. And then they're marketing there. There's absolutely targeting. If I'm a big con- company and I want to sell my products, I make it look awesome and cool and fun. And, and the kids, again, are sitting down watching TV. So then that's what they want. Even kids who hadn't had McDonald's know I want to go there. It looks good, right? They hear from other kids, those social influences, those peer influences. And so the marketing has to take some responsibility uh, for this as well, how we are marketing to kids that then are influencing their parents to give them that stuff. It's fast, it's convenient, it's quick, it's cheap. Um, and so all of that stuff is layered in there. And then the dynamics, dynamics. So, again, realizing as a family, as a parent that I know you're busy, I know you're working, I know you have a lot going on, that, but so that your child can have a healthy, happy whole life, health, what you put in their bodies is something you need to focus on and be intentional about. And so cooking is best. Real whole foods is best. Get, making sure they're active is best. Getting them involved in activities is best. But those types of things are taking the hit, a hit in our society these days. So those, those are just a few of the things that are layered in there that's contributing to this epidemic. Hmm. Well said. That really covers a wide variety of uh, the, the problems that we're facing And again, we talk about the children and the underserved communities. It seems like they're being impacted even more than the the national regular general population, correct? You're right. Um, Minority populations, communities definitely being hit disproportionately. Not that. White counterparts, you know, uh, aren't don't have these issues. All kids have all raised like McDonald's, right? <laughs> but then you have then, but then you have layered on that um, poor people. These what we call social determinants of health, okay? And social determinants of health are are things in our lives that affect our health that we have very little control over, okay? It's where you live, where you work, where you play. 
So it's your economic status. It's your educational status. It's the community you live in, whether it has adequate grocery stores, whether it has healthy food options, whether it has resources, whether you are able to access health care. Those are systems that we have in place that unfortunately are set up in a way that disproportionately serve certain communities and therefore disproportionately have greater poor health effects on those communities. And so that plays into all the other stuff we just talked about. You have a family who is in poverty, who lives in a community that all they have is a corner store with candies and chips and sodas and noodles. The grocery store is a mile or two away. It's hot in Florida. They're not going to walk down there. Um, there's just Popeye's in yes. the corner, you know, not to name any certain, you know, restaurants, but it's a setup. And Wayne, why are you eating that? Well, that's all that's there. I'm going to feed my kids and they're running a special for a dollar. So, yes, or the noodles only cost a dollar and I only have so much money. Um, so it's a setup uh, that these social determinants of health set our kids up and, and, and contribute this, this, this childhood obesity epidemic, especially being worse in minority populations. Hmm. Wow. Well said. So what do you say to parents though, who say they can't afford to buy healthy food for their kids? Well, I say it's a myth. So you just have to change your mindset. Okay. Because yes, I know you can go get a big old case of these noodles for pennies on the dollar or one pack for, you know, what, about 10 for a dollar? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really. And I have kids that live off of noodles and cereal. You can get cheap cereal. I get it. The reason why I say it's a myth is because first you have to know better and know that that's not healthy for your kids. And then you have to be creative and be intentional to say, I want to feed my kids healthy because this is going to affect their health. This is going to contribute to them being obese. This is going to, you know, the, what they put in their bikes, everything about them, how they learn, yes. how they develop health conditions, how they grow, how they perform, every, their teeth, you know, all of these things. And so you have to know that and say, hey, I'm going to take these few dollars I have and buy some chicken and some fresh frozen vegetables, you can get a bag of fresh frozen vegetables for a dollar at some grocery stores, okay, or a couple of dollars. And, 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 and sometimes we have to readjust where we're spending our money, okay? When you know that it's better for your kids to eat real whole foods like chicken or fish and vegetables and fruits, and you can go to the grocery store and maybe buy it in bulk and it just costs a few dollars, right? Versus right. buying the noodles and the cereal and the quick, maybe a little cheaper stuff, maybe you need to adjust and go into the hair salon or the nails or the phones or the, you know, make some adjustments elsewhere to free up three or four or five more dollars so that you can do the more healthy option for your kids versus the cheaper option. So to me, it's a mindset. It's just a matter of how you switch things up. So, yeah, I can get 10 noodles for a dollar, but I can adjust some things to spend five on a healthier on healthier options. And so that's the way I I look at that. It's possible. It's possible. Yes. See, that's something because I hear so many parents talk about, well, I can't afford I can't afford to feed my child 
you know, a healthy food because a healthy food costs too much money, you know. But meanwhile, they'll pay $150 for a pair of sneakers. There you for go. Their child. There you go. It's a whole different, it's a disconnect there. There's a huge disconnect. And so that's what we have to challenge and break down for them because those shoes do nothing for them. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Um, And I know the child may say, I want it, street cred, or somebody's going to think I'm cool, you know, as far as peer pressure and looking good at school. But that gets back to your relationship, because if you sit down and talk to your child and say, hey, I want you to have a better life. I want you to be healthy. This is more important. You're the head. If you correct their mindset, they'll follow. They will definitely follow. Um, And there are other shoes out there that are just as cute that aren't $150. Mm. I know for a fact that's true. <laughs> so if we raise up children that don't care about Jordans, then they won't care about Jordans, right? A hundred percent correct. To me, I agree. to me, it's okay. Jordans are cool. I like Jordans, but when you get a job, which is the way I frame this to my son, that's very expensive. That's not ten year old. Uh, that's not a ten year old buy. When you get a job and you can afford that, you can get it, or maybe you can save up toward. Let's use that as an incentive for good grades, doing your chores, um, and then I can put. We can put in. You add up your chores, and then this year you might can buy that one pair. Let them earn that. Let them work towards that. But it should not keep you from paying your bills or buying healthy food for your child. Any trade off whatsoever for the better betterment of your children let somebody else buy grandma or (laughs) uncle or auntie and then back to this people don't realize that they have more resources at their fingertips that they do and so here in florida and i know new york is full of resources it's almost no excuse these days to say i can't afford something sometimes we have to get out of our pride here you can call 211 here you can go to your local for children for C. Here there's so many organizations, nonprofits, government agencies where you can go and say, I don't have enough food for my kids. I don't have enough money to buy healthy food. Can you help me? Pantries, yes. food pantries. So oh, yeah, spend definitely. your time. Be resourceful. I promise you, you will get what you need. Fresh fruits and vegetables, food you need for your kid. Just ask. Ask at the school. Ask. Say, I really want my kids to have healthy food. I really want to feed them better. Ask and you shall receive. Hmm. Sounds like the Bible to me. It works. (laughs) (laughs) Ask and you shall receive. It's true, true. Let me ask you another question, though. When it comes to eating healthy or even when it comes to exposing kids to a healthy lifestyle, would cooking with your child make a difference? Oh, huge difference. That's been shown time and time again. I know parents that all the time, even when children are picky and they don't want to eat something, like a lot of parents say, he just won't eat fruits and vegetables. I try, I try, I try. I say, try letting him go to the grocery store with her, you, him or her, have them to just pick oh, that looks interesting. Let's try this or let's try this. One or two things doesn't have to be a lot. And then nowadays the grocery stores have little recipes maybe, or you can pull up something on your phone, make it fun for them. Got this recipe. You picked it. We're going to get the ingredients. You pick them and we're going to go home and you have them right next to you and you make a big deal out of it. That's time for bonding. That strengthens relationship. And then they prepare the meal. I don't know a child that didn't do all of that and won't eat their own cooking. Hmm. 
And so get them in the kitchen with you, help them prepare, help them get the groceries, allow them to choose some of the menus, some of the things you're going to cook, get them involved. Most definitely makes it more exciting, makes it more fun, right? That's right. (laughs) Uh, And they'll try because they made it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Now, not only are you a wife, but you're a mother and you're a doctor. Okay. Yes. That's a trifecta. That's a trifecta <laughs> there. And I know you must be extremely busy with this lifestyle that you're living. Okay. But how do you balance being a wife, mother, and a doctor with such a busy and demanding schedule? You know, I don't know. I have a good friend that says that balance is a myth. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I debate her a little bit on that. I said we're 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 striving for it. We're 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 trying to balance. And I'm a Libra, so you know, I definitely I default to oh, trying okay. to balance things out all the time. <laughs> yes. But anyway, I um do the best I can and I definitely for me that the, the winning uh prescription is to know yourself and know your limits and be clear about your goals and do things that align with that. Because I can tend to get busy and go, why did I do that anyway? Or why am I doing this? Not even something. I just said yes to say yes or because she asked. And so be clear about your goals and what you want to achieve in your marriage, for your family and in your career and do things that line up those goals. And if it doesn't line up, then say, I'm sorry. All right, I won't be able to do that at this time. Check with me next time. You know, just just bow out gracefully. And then the next thing that helps me, and I'm not the best at it, but it definitely things go smoother when I'm, I achieve it, is to stay organized. So I live off of list. I utilize the section of my phone. I write everything in. As soon as I confirm something, I put it into my calendar or create a Google calendar. So I try to stay as organized as possible so I don't forget things or overschedule or double book. Um, and I keep a list of, again, what I have a big goal, but all these little things I have to achieve to get there. And I just work at the list. I, I don't get overwhelmed. I, I'm realistic. Today, I can achieve these two things. This is my goal today, working towards that big goal at the end of the week, the end of the month, at the end of the year. Um, and so I'm always backing up, getting out of the forest so I can see, you know, yeah. getting out of the tree so I can see the forest. And reminding myself, where was I going now? And what am I trying to do? And that's in every aspect of my life. And my husband is so supportive. It's so important for us to find, to choose, not find, to choose mates who support us and are like-minded like us. And so I'm blessed in that regard that my husband, we complement each other. I'm very type A, go-getter, busy, doing things. And he is, you know, he works hard too, but other than that, content home, supportive. I just want to fish and cook out. You know what I mean? (laughs) And so he supports me wholeheartedly and is there to help me out and also there to say, oh, you're getting a little, you know, busy, don't you think? And I go, thank you, because I was feeling that. But yeah, I'm getting a little stressed, you know, type of thing. (laughs) So those are just some of the things that I do to try to keep myself um, in line. And then my son checks me a lot, too. He'll tell me in a minute, um, you know, my you say that we shouldn't be on our screens a lot. You've been in that phone all day. Or mom, mm. I, you're not listening to me because you're in your phone. And I go, oh, baby, I'm so sorry. Thank you. Thank you. And I give him permission. Tell me. Tell me when I'm in my phone too much. And I put that phone down because we are disconnected from our kids when we do that. We're missing stuff. We look back one day and that phone didn't even matter. And I'm doing business, but I just need to carve out time for them. So carve out the time for everybody and everything. Schedule it out. Know your limits and don't do too much. 
<laughs> Don't do too much. <laughs> so it's basically organization and time management. There huh? you go. There you go. And you need support. You need support because you can't do it alone. Oh, so true. So true. Now, I know that you're also the spokesperson for the Academy of Pediatrics. Now, as a spokesperson, what exactly are your responsibilities? So the American Academy of Pediatrics is a wonderful uh, organization. It, is, it represents over, I think the number now is maybe 67,000 pediatricians across the nation. Um, and so um, it's kind of like our, I wouldn't say governing body, but the, our, our gold standard entity that we look to for recommendation and guidelines and pediatric management of care for kids. So it's all about the health and well-being of children. Um, and so I was fortunate last year to become a spokesperson. I'm interested in medical media. Um, and so uh, uh, it aligned up really well with that spokesperson's role. And for in my interest of spreading those healthy messages, we have so, um, so much misinformation out there on TV, on the radio, on the news, on the internet, on social media. And so the American Academy of Pediatrics, the Council on Communications and Media, and being a spokesperson, our role is to get out there and represent the recommendation and guidelines of the academy and to put out accurate, evidence-based health information for the health and well-being of children, for parents and anyone who touches the life of children. And so that's my role. And so often I'll get called for media appearances, uh, for news, radio, TV, um, in that way to discuss that information for parents. And you are, you're an excellent role model for that, excellent spokesperson for that. Thank you. <laughs> totally in alignment with who you are and what you're doing. Oh, thank you. And, speak, and speaking of which, now, you have an awesome podcast, um, and I want my audience to know more about it because it's filled with so much need-to-know information for parents regarding children and their health. So talk about that and where my listeners can go to, to, to uh, listen to your podcast. So please visit drcandicemd.com. That's www.rcandicemd.com. That's my website, and you can get everything there. You can go to the podcast. You can read my blog. Uh, you can go to all of my social media pages, link everything from that website. even have a section for giving to uh, kid charitable organizations called A Giving Heart. Um, also, if you want to reach out to me for any type of media appearance or any type of event or panel, or even if you have an idea that you think I might uh, could help consult on with you, and go to my work with me page. Also, my bio, my media kit is there, and all the appearances that I do. So, you, if you want to see what I, you know, speak like, look like, all of that stuff, you can link to some of those news stories that we post um, as well. So everything is there, and the goal is just for kids to be, as I say, hashtag uh, kids happy healthy. And um, it's for parents, it's for anyone who touches the life of a child, and just a place for you to go to constantly get credible uh, kid health information to make things better um, for, for your children's life and for your family's life. Absolutely. So please, definitely. And the podcast, Kidding Around with Dr. Candace, that's K-I-D-I-N-G, just kid focus. Kidding Around with Dr. Candace, you can get it anywhere where you listen to podcasts, mainly Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud. Please do me a favor and subscribe.
like, rate, and review, and share out with others. And if there's a topic that you would like for me to cover, please let me know. I, that makes it easier for me to give you what you want. <laughs> now, I'm definitely going to subscribe. Thank you. And the website is really amazing. Thank you. I spent some time on it the last couple of days, and uh, it has so much, so much information, so many resources, and it just gives a great detail about what you're about and what you're talking about. And I think any parent who's looking for information on their children's health would benefit greatly by going to that website. I truly mean that. Now, you don't only cover health issues. You talk about child abuse, anger issues. You even have an, an amazing guest on your show, like uh, Shaquille O'Neal's mom. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and you know what? Everything, everything affects our yeah. kids. So... And, and when you say that, you know, parents are like, you know, that's not your lane. You know, lately, that uh, recently, and I'm actually doing a news story next week. The American Academy of Pediatrics came out with a um, policy statement or a recommendation on how racism affects the health of kids, and hmm. that, you know. Several people just looking at the, the media chatter and the social media chatter, AAP and all over when this came out was well, stay in your lane. You can't be political. That's none of your business. And I'm like, au contraire, mon frere, because <laughs> <laughs> because if you don't believe racism and systemic discrimination and these outright implicit and explicit biases are affecting the health of our kids, you are highly mistaken. Highly mistaken. And so everything, wow. child abuse affects your health. When we talk about, read the, listen to the episode on ACEs, how adverse childhood experiences, which childhood, race, child abuse, racism, all of these things fall, those social determinants of health fall under that category. They impact a child's mental, physical, emotional, psychological health, even for a lifetime, a lifetime. Mm. And so, yes, we're in everything. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I, I see, but it all goes towards raising a healthy child. That's right, right because it's not, a, you know, my ear infection and my blood pressure. It goes way deeper than that. Your body and your mind is so much more than that. Oh, most definitely. Now, anything else that you would like to share with my listeners before I let you go? I think we covered it all. I just, <laughs> yeah, so. I think we covered it all, but... I love what you do and I love that you have carved out a very important lane to combat childhood obesity by getting the community involved, getting kids active, touching on nutrition, getting the parents involved and giving them the resources and the empowerment they need to go forth and do it. So that's what we have to do. That's what we have to do. All work together. Yes, most definitely. And we're going to continue this working relationship. Absolutely. So Dr. Candace Jones, on behalf of Body Scope of New York and Six Weeks of Fitness, I truly want to thank you for coming on my show. Oh, thank you for having me. You're so welcome. And to my listeners, I truly hope this program was informative, encouraging, and inspiring, and that you will continue tuning in to our Six Weeks of Fitness podcast. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for the show, please leave them on my Six Weeks of Fitness blog at www.sixweeksoffitness.com or email me at vince at sixweeks.com. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.